0: Hey, everybody, we're doing an episode today that deals with race, and some people may not be up for a conversation about that, and we respect it, and this may not be the one for you.
1: And as a secondary disclaimer, if you haven't listened to the first part of this two-part series, I highly encourage you to go back uh, and listen to part one first before you dive into part two.
0: For those of you who are interested, stay tuned. We're getting right to it. So question three. To what extent do you discuss racism in the Chub Chaser or gay community with others in your community? Uh, How do their experiences compare to yours? And uh, Armando had a really interesting thing to say about this.
2: I do have more gay friends. They are not not all of them are within the Chub Chaser community. It's more like just gay friends that I made over the years. And I have not discussed this. Issue with them we have discussed like colorism you know like how the beauty standards affect the way that we live our lives as gay men but we haven't given that much weight to uh, racism this is like the first time that i'm like kind of uh, expressing it to somebody else and it's kind of scary like it took me a while to make this recording, I've been overthinking it and I've been, this is the third recording I make. It's not an easy thing, because like I also don't wanna, I don't know, I don't wanna put it out in the world as if my experiences are global. I know they are not, but hopefully another guy That looks like me it's gonna hear this and be like oh you know what that also happened to me and maybe we can start having a bigger conversation
1: it feels indicative of not wanting to not wanting to confront people you're close to or feel like you're confronting people you're close to with something uncomfortable Mm -hmm. which i feel like also not that it's his job to do this i'm not saying that but it the fact that that is the case on everybody's part makes it easy to just let issues that are issues remain issues. And I feel like that's part of what, what we've been trying to do, but also that collectively as a culture, many people have been trying to do is just, you know, it's that idea of educate yourself yeah, and MJ have the conversation.
0: MJ, whom we'll hear from a little later on has a, has a very different take on the same question. Why don't we take a listen
3: to that now?
4: My name is MJ. I live in Washington, D.C., and I identify as Black or either African-American. I use both pretty interchangeably. In terms of speaking directly with someone about it, um, I can relay a story of how a group of friends of of mine, we were all traveling together, um, kind of not doing the, we do the, uh, we're all a group of friends. So there's not a lot of hookups between traveling friends, but uh, just out of the blue, one of my chaser friends came up to me and said, uh, oh, that my, his uh, dick goes down around black chubs. Uh, he's only attracted to white chubs. And it wasn't like we were flirting or that there was any chance of there being any kind of hookup between us. So it really kind of came out of the blue. And it caused a kind of a mini rift in our group of friends because we got into that whole, well, that's just his preference thing. It's not racist. And a lot of the other side of the arg- argument with, some, with my friends were, you know, it was out of the blue. No one really asked him. No one was trying to come on to him. So it was kind of going out of your way to, to create problems where there were none. So I guess in terms of wanting to talk about it, I think it's something that you do, that you have to address head on with, uh, whether it be someone you're interested in or with your friend group or whatever. But um, I don't know, at some point, you're not going to change anyone's mind. So you have to kind of protect yourself in these situations, if that makes any sense.
1: And that's, having said what I just said, that is the danger of conversations like this where not it, even if it even if it doesn't become a blow up it will it will challenge your perception of each other and it it might be fine and it yeah. might not
0: yeah i mean i remember this it it's it's not racial so i feel like i i have some standing in the question i, I it was rumored that one of my friends was a trump supporter and my reaction was I do not wish to investigate this claim. Like if it's not been, if it's not come up in my interaction with them, I don't want to go looking for that because then I feel like I'd, I'd have to like, that would be a thing between us and I don't want to, I don't want there to be a thing between us. So I'm just going to keep going until it becomes a problem. And I don't know, is that sweeping it under the rug? Is that burying my head in the sand? Is that trying to keep a friend and not wanting to know stuff that I don't know? What do you guys think?
5: I mean, I saw an interesting article, um, and it was talking about, you know, obviously the past year, the white people have had to confront a lot <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, society at large has not dealt with and about mm-hmm. having these uncomfortable discussions. And as a white person, like the, the whole, like, I'm not racist thing. Like <laughs> it's like th- everything, like the, the, the foundation of this country is racist and therefore kind of, there is this, like this rot that has moved through everything and Mm. touched everything and shaped. I mean, just because you don't
1: understand it doesn't mean it doesn't exist.
5: And it's not about denying it. It is about accepting that you have to grow and that you have made mistakes and you need to learn from these mistakes. And I mean, in the case of MJ, like that is like, I, I don't, you know, you said the, the friendship is forever tainted and to touch on what uh, Armando said about, you know, it having difficulty recording and talking about it. Like, I mean, that was Mm -hmm. one of my big things with this episode um, is just like, not just, you know, I don't feel like I can speak on the experience of people of color experiencing racism in the chub chaser community. Like, obviously that's its own thing, but being afraid of making a mistake Mm. in mm-hmm. doing this episode because, I mean, uh, being aware that I I have been doing work as time has gone on, but there's always more work for me to do as a white person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just that is uncomfortable, but just kind of being in the discomfort of that reality.
1: Yeah. So what I've, what really helped me was... Last year I, I worked on a video for the chorus called it was within a month or so of the George Floyd murder and worked on a video where we interviewed as you know many people of color and one of the things that came back several times was just acknowledging that there's something to work on and saying I'm going to try is is a huge show of faith Mm -hmm. that should, and this isn't necessarily true in the internet culture of immediate vilification, but within personal relationships that, and I feel comfortable in saying this because these aren't actually my words. These are the words of people of color that I've talked to, that that should buy, that should, as long as you follow through and as long as you're being genuine, that that should buy you the room and the space to do the work you need to do and the time that you need to do it. Like as long as you mean it and as long as you're doing that, that is a start. And I think it's important because the idea of like not wanting to act on something until you know how to do it perfectly, that's not how you learn and grow in any context. That's not how you get better at something. And I think that it's more important for us to try and get better at something at better at being less racist even if we don't think that we're inherently or racist like you are <laughs> and you have to work on that and you're not going to be perfect at it from the start you're going to have to try and you're going to probably fail at some point and you're going to have to try and make good on that and like do the work but not like avoiding doing that or like in for in our case avoiding this podcast which we weren't avoiding it we just were very careful we could have we could have just pushed it off indefinitely mm-hmm. But I think it's important to take it on, try your best. Hopefully we don't step in it. If we do also, hopefully people will call us on it so that we can learn from that. Cause that's the point. Like we won't be perfect, but we can try right? and we can like, for example, like, like I, I wanted to do
3: an episode on race. That was one of the first things that I brought up mm-hmm. in our conversations about this show. And yeah. we were not provoked into doing it until the black lives matter thing happened. We, it, It was just something we kept pushing back. We never really talked about it after that,
0: Mm. you know, well, I I think it bears saying that we talked about this episode. We didn't know how to do it. I mean, for me, how am I going to talk about that when, you know, I'm on, I'm on a particular side of that and it's, and, and the side that is not the side that needs more voice.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And that's one thing, that's one trend it, that I'm disliking seeing in the racial conversation in this country is to be overly condemning of people when they're trying to do the right thing. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. someone's trying to do something good, they make a misstep and they get called out just as though they were being a racist crapper, you know, racist piece of crap. Yeah. Um, and that's not okay. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, that's going in, going specifically into what Michael just said. The same way that people will have to try to do things and fail and then try again in order to get things right. Societies work that way, too. Like today, we make fun of people who say the phrase, I don't see color. Right. <laughs> we know how freaking ridiculous that is to say in this day and age. But when that first started getting bandied around, that was actually an evolution from where people were at the time. That was better. Than what was going on in the moment, where people were seeing color and going out and trying to kill you because of it, you know. Or even um, um, I, I don't. But now we've evolved, and we know that's bad, and we, we're on the next stage. I'm sorry, um, Trevor, interrupt
5: Or you. even the the phrase, like, I don't care if you're, you know, white, black, or purple. Which um, mm. Cri- mm. Oh, was it Kristen? Not Kristen Chenoweth. Not Kristen Stewart. Kristen McKinney. Bell. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, Kristen, Bell. Kristen Bell wrote a children's um. book about like the the purple people or something, which like <laughs> an attempt was made. Uh-huh. Um, I I think it just is kind of like if that had been I don't know like three years earlier it would have landed Different. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I will say we um you know we're talking about how uncomfortable these uh, discussions can be, but. Will and John kind of had similar experiences.
6: My name is Will. I live in Orlando, Florida, and I am African-American. Again, you do encounter some people who would say like, oh, I prefer white guys over black guys, or I prefer black guys over white guys. And some people might perceive that as a form of racism. I don't know if I have. I don't know if I really felt like it was or not.
7: Hi, I'm John. I'm living in London and I identify as Eurasian. I honestly haven't spoken to many guys about race before because in the top chaser world, it's mainly about size. And my friends in the gay community also don't speak about race because it doesn't really come up at all.
5: I think what's interesting about both of these is, you know, like we were talking about like how the, the how confronting it can be to have these conversations, but I think they can also end up being kind of mundane or, in the case of john um it may cause you to look at different aspects of bias or um i mean i guess attraction right
0: well i mean i think it goes back to talking about particular like you uh, don you were talking about um jawlines and i think that that reflects what John is saying about how, you know, they're talking about size or hairiness or age and yeah, any sort of any race can play in that game. Mm -hmm. Like every race has Mm -hmm. an age, every race has hairiness, every race has size. So it's, it becomes not about race. It's still about (laughs) <laughs> you can say it's still objectifying you can still it's it's a it's a focus on physical characteristics but you know we we do that we we have that component yeah. to our sexuality there's a context yeah uh you but know. what's interesting is that i think when you when you try to when when you're looking at these racial characteristics it's almost like this game of whack-a-mole where like well what is it you're actually objecting to you know
1: yeah I think so it's something that's helped as, as we've been talking I've been forming a thought here, and this is a, a new thought. So bear with me. Um, the, uh, cause this has always been something that I've wondered about and it's, you know, if somebody said to me, you know, well, you say you're a chaser, you only date and sleep with fat guys, but like, you know, how can that really be true? Shouldn't you just be able to like find the beauty in all people and having slept with thin guys before, <laughs> And even not that fat guys who are not thin either. Like it makes a difference. And so I was thinking like, okay, but there's, there's more to it than that. And it's something that Dan has said, which is that there is a huge range of physical characteristics, even within that descriptor of fat in quotes for me, like that covers a very broad range of body types and sizes, even though it starts at a certain place. And I think in the same way, like, it took experience for me to understand more about that range. Like that range started in a specific place and grew over time. And I think in the same way, if you challenge your perception of what you think initially, like Don was saying, that can also expand from maybe the one race you're initially interested in. But you can challenge that and that can that can grow sideways. There can be more inclusion in. If you give, if you challenge yourself and give yourself a chance to have those experiences instead of just living in this, you know, closet of denial about what your attraction yeah.
0: is. And for me, like there is a whole lot of things that makes me attracted to a guy and they don't have to have all of them. I mean, in fact, they mm-hmm. may have none of some of them, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, sure. <laughs> my, my joke is like, you know, he, he, he wasn't that fat, but he was just so goddamn handsome. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like ah, i'm sorry you know there's what i find is there's 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 something there uh that and sometimes it's personality uh yeah, sure that just like i just want to be in bed with that personality like you sound really fun i yeah. i i i had that that happen to me i found myself in bed with a martial artist who was not at all fat Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. we had a great time. You know, it was fun. Uh, It's just not where I, it's, it, it was fun. It wasn't sexual. It was fun. Mm
1: -hmm. You can have a great time like that. It's not necessarily. Yeah. I, I've been there before and I've also been on the other side of like having a very bad time, (laughs) (laughs) but that was because it wasn't addressed up front as sort of like, you know, the guy that I was with didn't know that I was like primarily into chubs. And so that, it just became this awkward thing of like trying and failing. No,
0: I, and, I mean, that was one of the things like we, we, he and I had dinner together. We were driving back to, well, we weren't sure where, like, what, where are we going to take this next? He put his hand on my knee and I said like, well, I have something I should probably tell you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> because, <a> warning? Well, Well, <laughs> yeah, no, and that was the problem.
0: It was, it was a stage in my sexual development where, you know, a guy smiles at you and picks you up at a Starbucks and you know, they go, hi, how are you? And you go like, I don't date guys like you. I don't never have sex with you. Like that's not (laughs) your next line. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and so when do you say that over dinner? When do you, and so it was at this point where I said like, so I got to tell you, I usually like really fat guys. You are obviously like that. And I think you're great, but I just want to warn you that I don't think this will go anywhere particularly sexually. And he was very wonderful. He just had a big smile on his face. He's like, that's okay. Let's see what happens. I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Forewarned, forearmed. Let's go. Yeah.
5: yeah. I think (laughs) that's that's a good
3: response too. (laughs) Yeah.
5: (laughs) Yeah. All right. uh, Do we want to get to question four? Is there anything about being a chubber chaser that compounds your experience of racism? Do you think racism is worse in the chub chaser community than in the gay community or society at large?
6: society as large. I think racism is just an issue in general. I think the biggest thing is that people it's become so ingrained in the American culture, not just in 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 the community as it just in society as a whole that it seems so normalized and some people might do it without realizing it is a form of racism. Within the gay community, I wouldn't be surprised um, again, personally, I've I've been very lucky or that the fact that I just haven't associated too much directly hardcore with the community that I've felt like I've encountered it. I If I have, I might have just seen it as it's someone's preference or or not. Who knows? Um, again, it's not necessarily something that I might pay attention to a lot. you know, I mean, I mean, growing up, I was pretty much a quiet person to begin with, so from a social standpoint, I'm still kind of a quiet person to a degree, and I don't have a large social group. I usually have a lot of acquaintances, um, but I try to keep a lot of friend circles relatively small just because I think it becomes a little heavy at times if you have so many people. But I do like to interact with a good amount of people. And I guess I've just been lucky that I haven't really felt like I've encountered any sort of heavy racism within my social circles, within the community. But um, do I feel like being a chupper chaser compounds that experience? Um, I think it can for some people. Um, I know there I've seen some like people who fetishize being chubby or being into chubs. And sometimes that can devolve into some kind of racism. But I don't, again, I don't really think I've experienced that personally. I, if if someone else has, obviously that is a terrible experience. But I myself have been, again, extremely lucky and, pushing almost 40 years old to not have really encountered anything too hardcore in that, in that aspect.
7: Well, like I said before, I think that the chup chaser community is mostly about size rather than race. Although I have met a few chasers who would say that they prefer white chups, which I am clearly not. But then on the other hand, you also get chasers who are into hairy or older chups, which I'm also not. So I think Race comes into play along with other factors of attraction as well.
3: Both of them, both of them feel like it's, not, it's like it's an element, but it's not an overly powerful element.
0: Yeah, uh, and I, I talk to a lot of uh, chubs and chasers who find certain physical characteristics far more, shall we say, prejudicial, like working in your favor or against you than, mm-hmm. uh, than racism in particular, at least no more so mm. than society at large.
1: Yeah, which maybe that speaks more to how racist our <laughs> yeah, society exactly. is. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's kind of what they're saying. I think one of our respondents says that, you know, it's the 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 Chub Chaser community is a sample of the gay community, which is a sample of the larger community. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can find racism mm-hmm. in all these samples.
5: Intersectionality.
0: Though
3: I, wonder, <laughs> though I do wonder, It's it's again, there's this hierarchy of shittiness. Mm. right mm. where i will ass- i honestly i will tend to assume when someone is shitty to me it's because i'm fat not because i'm brown
8: yeah you know yeah, that's exactly. that's my
3: assumption mm. i could be wrong they could be being shitty to me because i'm brown who knows <laughs> why you not know? both well, I don there's- <laughs> everything
1: well I th- there's definitely an element of like it's it's very vocally unacceptable to be racist in our society even though people still are it's at least acknowledged that it's not okay. Well, at least until Trump became president. Um, Whereas I think being fat phobic is still totally cool. And everybody can do that. I
3: do feel like, I do feel like people who are anti whatever I am, brown or fat, like I I think because I'm an intersection, right? Mm -hmm. That they feel like it's more okay for them just to be free with their tongue. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. If I was just fat or just brown, they might, be a little bit more prone to hang their hold their tongues on certain bull crap that they do but because, because that's a complete supposition i don't do not have any empirical evidence to support that but that's that's my personal belief
5: i mean hmm. i think there is something to you know as fat people whatever other community we go into usually they're fine with being horrible to you because you're fat yeah right um it's <laughs> fat phobia will unite the world if we let <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um and i think that's i don't know i think that's just the one of the things that i find so frustrating and i feel so much for the the chubs that we got responses from because it's i mean i already you know i already said this you feel like you're going into a space where you're like finally i found my people yep Mm. and it's like oh actually no people are still shitty here (laughs) like it's just this i mean the you know the the trifecta of you know you're black but you're gay so you're then you're in the gay community and it's like oh you're fat and then you go okay so i'm in the chub chaser community and oh you're black (laughs) and then it's you know this this game that is unwinnable just because people are Shitty.
7: It looks like Robert agrees with you. And do you think racism in Catholic community is a large? I do think the gay community in general probably have way bigger issues. And especially like a white Hollywood is a good example, right? They have various sizes. If you go against Whitehall as a big person, they generally is not kind, and I think it's very wrong. And uh, in many ways, like, but well, this is why part we need to educate society in general. But in many ways, I mean, like, I do think the in terms of the gay community and society in general opposite evangelicals, as there's a lot of different groups for different reasons, the evangelicals are being hypocritical since they don't care what topic they talk to these days. And uh, so I think like this is definitely a bigger problem in the other, in the general community, in the gay community in general, of society at large, we should address them. But in terms of just asking Chap Chaser whether it's the worst, uh, no. I, do think since we value each other big like volume each other uh, significantly enough that we will actually reduce such interaction with being racism everything else. It doesn't say it doesn't exist, but I think it's actually racial wise problem statistically has less.
1: That's a very interesting point, and I wonder. I don't know if I'm qualified to comment. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to comment. I mean, sizeism in the mainstream gay community seems so, like so. It's it's like encouraged almost it's not even just accepted it's like it, it, it's, it's part of it's it's part of the culture it's just ironed it's, into it's it it's intrinsic yeah. to well, the I mean, culture it's it beyond our just,
3: culture yeah. it's part of our industry literally yeah. like propping right. up sizeism is part of the the economic lifeblood of this country you know between food Management, food advertising, food banning—you know. Well, like I would, I would go. I stuff. would go
0: yeah. even farther, down. I think it's probably an even greater proportion of the gay economy, if you think about. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, enormously,
3: absolutely. Yeah.
1: I, and I wonder if it's almost like you know, because the gay community is still, granted, we're we're getting there, maybe more so than other communities, but still like striving to be accepted in the mainstream if it's like we have to kind of put our quote in in massive air quotes, our best foot forward to, to reach acceptance. It's like anything that doesn't look like, you know, the pretty white gay guy is like, you know, get, get out of here. Like we, we can't represent ourselves that way. Like we have to, <laughs> but I
5: mean, we're, you know, of course the gay community is still trying to be accepted. We're still trying to get, you know, cops to stop killing people because they're black like this yeah. is it's <laughs>
3: like what state was it where they just legalized ignoring gay people when they're injured oh texas whoa.
0: texas yeah. yeah like
3: paramedics no longer have to treat someone as they're bleeding out in the street if they think they're gay yeah if, if they would have a religious problem with that yeah
5: yeah
1: right uh i'm whoa. sorry Trevor. Did, I, right.
3: I, did i interrupt you
5: No, uh, it's just, I I am just kind of, you know, dumbfounded by everything. (laughs) Dumbfounded
0: by by the dumb. Yeah. Yes. There is a, you know, there, there is a, a bunch of assumptions that land on me because I'm a chubby chaser, uh, that don't land on chubs. And that's just because of a bunch of things. And I think Corin's point here about how it affects him as a, uh, as a black chaser is really interesting.
8: Yes, absolutely. Chases are already oftentimes seen as the pursuers or aggressors, the active one in a chub chaser relationship. A lot of folks in the gay community grew up watching creepy interracial porn that talks about some hypermasculine like black brute with a 20 BBC inch genitals, which ravages someone and it shows, um, these two assumptions get compounded together and it leads to folks having some wild assumption about the type of partner I'd be and what they want me to do to them. And what's so maddening about it is that Black men, this like idea that Black men are hyper-masculine aggressors is literally what gets us murdered by cops. So folks trying to sexualize that is beyond disgusting. I don't think that racism is necessarily worse in the chub chaser community than the gay community or society at large, but I will say it's worse because I expect more essentially, especially from Chubbs because Chubbs have to deal with being maligned and assumptions made about them all the time in a very fat phobic society. So for them to weaponize vicious stereotypes of another group of people towards folks in their own community, I think that's sad and they should know better.
3: He has a, he has a really it's, strong way of putting that. that was it's bad. beautiful. It's really eloquently. It's, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. It's, it's perfectly put and it's, it is incredibly potent and I think it's he says it. He yeah. says it perfectly. Yes. I don't know that there's nothing, an there's nothing to add to or... that. Yeah. <laughs> Question five: What would you say to someone encountering similar problems in the Chub Chaser community? What actions or mindset do you think is helpful? And uh, we'll hear from MJ first. The
4: first thing I would say is to remind the person that our community is no different than our larger society. Some people won't like you because of your race, your looks, your socioeconomic status your background, your weight, smoothness, smoothness, or hairiness. And as unfair or stupid as that might be, you're not likely to change their minds by arguing about it. I think you have to live your life. You need to find your chosen family and be open-minded when someone outside of your normal likes shows an interest in you. You can be missing out on a great friendship, connection, or even even if there's not a sexual attraction. In your in your own way, you're fighting those same stereotypes by giving people a chance and uh, finding out if you can expand your circle of what you find attractive.
3: Yeah, what MJ's saying here is perfectly valid and correct as, as a self-care method. But that said, it is a self-care reaction. This is like it's... It's, it's not a way to fix things. Well,
0: yeah, but, but, well, the, the question, the the question is about if someone's going through this, what do you suggest? And so I think a self-care answer is perfectly legitimate. Uh, Does it solve the problem? No, of course it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, But it, it, but it also speaks to Trevor's thing about, you know, you, you, You're a a, a fat black gay guy and you come out to the gay community and all of a sudden the size door gets slammed in your face or the black door gets slammed in your face. And like, where are you supposed to go? And MJ's answer is, well, you, you find your people.
3: That's what we're talking about before. Like you find people with similar intersections, Mm -hmm. you know, again, not the same life experience, but they're probably going to have a better chance of understanding what you're going through. Well, I'm not Mm -hmm. sure he's saying find other people
0: like you. I think he's saying find where you're accepted. Yeah, Find your clan. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and and to the people who are prejudiced, the the request that when somebody outside of your normal interest expresses interest in you, be open minded about it, and and I think that's is what I was saying earlier, but just the idea that you can choose to be open minded, like it's there's no there is no predetermined, you know thing and and it may not go like you may discover that no this is still a thing for whatever reason and I still have work to do or maybe I don't want to do that work or whatever but you can still choose to be open minded about it from the get go yeah.
0: I mean like I like not. calling back to what I said before I've been in bed with a guy and some aspect of their physicality just does not work for me but other stuff does and let's go with that
3: mm-hmm. yeah you can choose <laughs> let's dive into Armando he has he has some pretty thoughtful stuff here hmm. to me the biggest
2: problem It, with racism within the Trump-chaser community, it's representation, you know, like, if I go to a pool party or if I go to an event, I see mostly, like, white people. I see very few brown people like myself, and it it, it just makes me insecure. I immediately know, like, arriving at the event, that, oh, no, like, I'm, I'm... a minority here and that's not the purpose because when you go to an event you just want to like express yourself but then I have this other layer on top of me that is like oh no like most of these guys are white like oh. and it's just I have that preconceived thing that that's gonna be an issue and then that's a problem and it you know that's a problem because I sh- shouldn't have this burden on myself Like it's not up up to the minorities to to always be defending themselves or like, like I don't need to justify my existence in these spaces. You know? I don't need to come up with a grand argument of why I deserve to be there or why I deserve to be part of the community. So my advice would be to just kind of look within yourself first and see where these insecurities are coming from, try to gather some tools so that you can point it out in the moment, like if something happens at a bar or with your friends, you can have or at least articulate some, like your feelings
3: so that the conversation can start. Yeah, like like MJ, I think there's some strong self-help uh, advice here.
0: Yeah, I mean, he makes two really good points. One is that, yeah, the gay community stereotypically, or even not so stereotypically, the gay community is real white. If I walk out into West Hollywood, if I go into the gay neighborhoods, there's there's a whole lot of white people there. And that just that's just that phenomenon. But then he he talks about how as a person of color in that environment, he starts to question his legitimacy, in that place, in that space. And to sort of, for himself, trying to interrupt that behavior, interrupt those thoughts.
1: Right, and not let that take your voice away. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, if you feel like you're alone in a space. It's hard to keep that voice, would, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard. It's like you, and when you do speak, you're suddenly not just speaking for yourself, but for everyone else who's not in that room with you. You know, that that can be quite a lot to to feel like you have to do uh, if you open your mouth to speak or stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, I, I haven't been to an event before. Um, I suspect that just based on photos and like videos that I've seen around, like obviously that seems like it's quite isolating to show up and not look like everybody else, even if there are a bunch of different body types there. So. I think, I mean, I've been to a number of events
5: and I think, you know, while, I mean, like, I think a lot, you know, the the gay community. It can be, you know, it is an overwhelming sea of uh, pale white bodies, <laughs> especially <laughs> in the you know the Vegas sun at bigger Vegas. Um, <laughs> it can be blinding if Soon you look, be red. look out in the afternoon. But I think that should never let. I, I think you should never be st- trying to never be stopped by that because I think it is uh, the. I think the, uh, the at least the chub chaser events I've been to are very welcoming. But I can I can understand the
1: the feeling other feeling, and maybe now this is a question as far again I've never been to an event before, but just as far as behaviors therein, which is kind of what you're talking about. Like, is this something where, as part of that awareness discussion, like asking people to just actively take steps to be welcoming to people who look like they're by themselves, is that? good or bad? Is that like confronting or is that taking action in a place that maybe in a moment that could use a little bit of an impetus?
0: It's, it's funny.
3: My, I mean, it would be helpful. Well, I have gone to Chubber Chaser events in the past and then found no conversations because nobody, nobody would break the ice with me. And when I tried to break ice with other people, they were evasive. Yeah. And,
0: and, and usually what that comes down to, it, there, there could be a whole lot of fear in the room. Mm-hmm. There can be a whole lot of insecurity, and uh, the chasers are at least, if not more, guilty about this than Chubs, because we get real scared in those env- those environments uh, for a number of other reasons. Uh, because remember, the Chubs are in the majority, so mm. we're sort of the odd men out, and we're dealing with a bunch of stuff. Uh, again, not an excuse, just sort of an explanation. But my point is that a lot of times, what comes off as bad or rude behavior is just blind stinking fear, mm-hmm. because it's it's a very strange environment at an event um but i will say this however you are at a at any party is how you're going to be at an event times 10 just because there's more it's just more. It's just the volumes mm-hmm. turned up. So if you're the kind of person who at a party will go around and make friends and talk to everybody and make sure everybody's included, guess what? You're gonna do that at an event that has eight hundred people at it. You're just gonna do that because it's what you do. And if you're the kind of guy who stands in the corner and, and you know is it won't tends not to talk to people, well, you're just gonna do that even more at a at a bigger event. <laughs> unless unless you change unless you make a change about that. Like it's, you're not condemned to that, but I'm just telling you, if you want to know how you're, how how it's probably going to go, that's how it's probably going to go.
5: I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, once again, the major, uh, Gemini (laughs) power here, (laughs) I am both like (laughs) introducing people to other people. And like, I don't know, maybe once or twice making out, with someone I just met in a pool or you know, in the bushes eating pizza crusts, hissing at people as they pass by.
0: Uh, We have the photos. We have the photos. Um yeah, it's 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 a very mixed bag. It's a very mixed bag. Um, And for the this isn't a show about the events, but just so you know, events are scalable. There are big events. There are small events. Mm -hmm. Uh, We should do a show Mm -hmm. on events. This isn't it. Uh,
5: But there's a lot to say. Coming this summer.
1: I think Sean has a good way of wrapping this up. Just
5: like I said before, you are not crazy. Um, This is an issue that we have to deal with. Uh, We have to, once again, combat it one step at a time. You know, find your friends out there that you can talk to that you can uh, chat and 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 bitch and have a bitch session and and you know just know that you know things will change one day uh you just have to take it one step at a time, but you are not crazy and and we <laughs> we I have to remind myself of that I'm not crazy you know i'm a beautiful I'm a beautiful man, and things will happen for me as they will happen for you.
3: Thank you, Sean. Advice we can all live by. Mm-hmm. Yes. Question six. What ha- Okay, here's the open-ended one, you bastard.
1: Our, our last question.
3: What have we not asked you, uh, what have we not asked that you feel is important to say?
4: It's the whole, I'm not racist, it's just my preference. You know, I've heard that a million times, and I usually avoid that, having that argument with people, because again, I don't think you're going to change anyone's mind so the problem one of the problems i have with that is that those sentiments sometimes come from people within our community who will self-describe themselves although they may be gay uh white or other uh, men of another race other than black they will accept the black culture with their slang or dress or or the descriptions of themselves but not accept the people themselves in terms of being worthy to to date so i think that is um a problem that we have in in pretty much our group um, in the gay community at large so that's just something that that always has bugged me i guess
7: there are people who view people like sex objects, right? I mean, when people look through them, like pictures of other people, I mean, I generally look like, oh, like would discuss discussing what the person, you know, what's their life is, where do they live, what do they do, some kind of interesting, oh, what's their name is? I mean, a lot of people get their dicks out, doesn't even ask them their name. And, uh, but, you uh, may face, I think that is a little defaming, right? I mean, I think, the, there is value for us to recognize each other as a human being instead of about the object. Again, yes, ours is a fetish about something like a dump and load, but at but the bigger picture here, we do need to foster a better culture for everybody to talk to each other, be candid, I and mean, you can like a certain thing or don't like certain thing, right? I mean, there's subdivision between, you know, chop chaser and the bear for bear and stuff like that, but at the same time, we need to be, you know, just really have this conversation because there's always something in common, even most extreme people. We just need to find the common thread between our humanity trying to foster this conversation. And what's very important about this is that's why you can't simply focus on one aspect of sex, right? Again, sex is good and it's important for gay community and it's not saying it's not something to do but purely focusing on that is not really trying to build anything right i think it's important a asking for a name at least and b and they try to get to know them i mean it's fascinating everybody's story right i mean obviously a lot of people suffer from different things from their childhood from different kind of trauma but this is why we need to be uh, a human being have compassion about other people's opinion but but really in order to get there you need to listen to them to get to know them first
1: White supremacy in general, Uh, I feel like we need to say it out loud, is something that manifests itself in so many different ways. It's not just extremist, uh, violent, uh, hateful speech. It's the small things in my mind that really put us in a place that is ultimately more dangerous for everyone. Um, especially for Black, Indigenous, and people of color, especially within the queer community.
6: God, this might sound really cliche, but life is short. Try not to be a dick to somebody. You know, (laughs) just because, you know, everyone comes from different walks of life. Everyone has a different sort of story to tell. And one is not any less valid than the other. So treat people the way you want to be treated doesn't matter if you're black or white or hispanic or asian or any any sort of any race or you know gender identification or whatever really it boils down to be kind to each other
3: what's more to add to what what more can we possibly add to that yeah maybe we don't yep yeah so thanks to everybody who wrote in uh yes. or or even sent us some recordings. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. We we are holding on to them and in the future we yeah. may. We, yeah.
1: We So we got so much more yep. than what we were able to to fit into this episode, but that is not lost effort. Um we've made a determination there's we're not 100% locked into the format yet, but be, continuing to include both these recordings and future ones. We're going to continue to ask people things like this. Um and, and find a way to include voices that need to be heard on the show. And don't going feel forward.
3: like you need to wait to be asked if you've got something you would like to record and send into yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. We are happy to listen to it and you may make it onto the show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And especially in this case, I mean, certainly for the people who've already written us for this, um, I don't want to guarantee people a spot on the show, uh, but certainly if it feels like in this case it's quite, quite important to put in, um, absolutely. And then We'll certainly listen to everything that you guys send mm-hmm. and and try and, and fit it into a spot that amplifies your message.
3: Trevor, do we have a tip for the day?
1: Yes, we
5: do. Um so I've I believe I've I've shared this before when it's opened up, but um NAFA, the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance, has been doing quarterly FET Community Project grants, um, which is basically you can, if mm-hmm. you have, maybe you want to put together a, a fat acceptance, uh, kind of fat activism-y uh, pool party, or maybe a community game night. So, so it's a one-time
0: grant to advance fat acceptance and uh, and fat oppression, correct? Yes,
5: and uh, com- for but specifically for community projects. Um, mm-hmm. It could also be maybe you want to do a photography project, maybe a workshop, mm-hmm. maybe uh, where they also do um, projects with other anti-oppression causes. Okay. Examples include... Um, Maybe um, if you want to organize a group to attend a Black Lives Matter protest, a float for a local pride parade, um, all sorts of stuff. I will share how you can check out information about this. Um, It's a sliding scale for the amounts. Uh, It depends how many applications they get and approve. So it can be anywhere from $50 to $500,
1: depending on... I I have an idea for one
2: that I want to...
5: Do you I want to apply
1: or you want to give it away? <laughs> uh, That I would want to apply for, it wouldn't have to be much, but I I think it would be cool to do like a short, short form documentary about some aspect of the Chase community at like interviewing people at an event. Mm. Um, not open, not out in the event, but just talking to people one-on-one. Mm-hmm and kind of like what I do for a living. I mean, it's like many documentaries, but I think it would be fun to do that. It would be my first experience at an event and I would get to hide behind a camera, so I wouldn't have to, <laughs> you know, I could, sorry, I'm shooting, I'm busy. That's, you, know, well, you have, that, that's how I
5: am. You have until April 30th to do your application. Um, and the award letters few, few are weeks. sent out on May 15th. Let us know your ideas for a fat community project you'd like to do. We're on Instagram and Twitter as at big fat gay pod. We're on Facebook as the big fat gay podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars in a review on uh, Apple podcasts. See the articles we mentioned at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Um, I again just want to thank everyone who wrote in and shared their responses to our questions. Yeah. Um, this episode would not have been possible at all without you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, everybody. So, um, we're just grateful nothing to watch out for this week unless i don't know
1: <laughs> maybe michael's gonna say watch out now <laughs> you know what no today nobody has to watch out for anything